Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. I am your host, because you have no choice. Choice. <laughs> That's a great start. <laughs> I've got the cold, damn it. Ah, man. Troy McCubbin. Oh, awesome intro there, Troy. Uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us for another Guitar Wank podcast. And this is episode 99B. B for boy, that's where we're at, 99B, we're just going to stretch this out, ladies and gentlemen, because I really want to make the 100 show amazing and special, and we're building up our gift bag as I speak right now, it is getting bigger, so I don't just want to do the 100th 100th show willy-nilly, excuse me, I do have a cold, bloody kids, if you don't have them, don't have them, because you're going to get colds all the time, I blame the kids. Yeah, so we're building up the gift bags, the prizes, the giveaways, and um, it's going to be good. (laughs) Oh, my my God. Oh, man. Uh, It's going to be good. There we go. Get rid of that flame. I could add add that out, but why? Why? When we're we're so close, why would I edit out flame from Guitar Wink? So this is what you're going to have to do. There's this... There's got to be a little give and take here. This is a free podcast. You probably know that from the uh, the quality of the podcast, the engineering, the editing skills that we deliver to you every Monday. <laughs> this podcast, it's free. And mainly the, the person that is donating majority of their time is moi. And, uh, you know, so... I'm doing all the groundwork for uh, the old fellas. Why do you ask? I don't know. <laughs> At this point, I uh, where we 99B shows in. I still don't know. I ask that question every day. Now I enjoy the hang and the the guitar wank talk, and it's never a dull moment with the two old bastards. And uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of assuming at some point it's all going to come out in my playing, and I'm going to just be like, oh my god. Wow, I wish I was Troy McCubbin who was the host of that Guitar Wank show because his playing has gone through the roof just by hosting a show. He didn't practice at all, he didn't do anything, but now he's this amazing guitar player. Just by association. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, we know that doesn't work. But anyway, that was, uh, it's just fun. And I'm, I'm, I feel like, I said to Bruce the other day, We've get, we get so many emails from people saying, Troy, thank you so much, and Bruce and Scott, you guys get me through my week. Um, I do a lot of driving, I do a lot of traveling, you help me work out, you, you put me to sleep, <laughs> you wake me up in the morning. Whatever it is, we have a lot of listeners out there, they're traveling to work on the subway, they're going to a gig, um, they're on tour. You know, there's Rob Harris out there on tour with Jamiroquai. I know he listens. G'day, Rob. And uh, Robbie Garland, another great player out there. And Jeff and Shane. There's so many great players out there that listen to the show because clearly they have no lives. So they resort back to Guitar Wank. And we have become, dare I say, more popular than Jesus. No, you know that ain't true. But uh, we, we are becoming, yeah, we're a... A regular on schedule thing every week and we really appreciate that and it just means a lot when I hear people say that 
It's like, oh shit, I better keep this show going because without Guitar Wank, you would clearly fall in a heap and your life would probably just just implode. So um, I feel it is my duty now uh, to keep it going. And that's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. And to, uh, to give back to you guys, uh, we're going to do this little competition. Well, it's not so much a competition. It's going to be a giveaway for our 100th show. Um, but there's a couple of, there's three things you got to do. It's not hard. It's, uh, it's just giving back to Guitar Wank. You don't have to spend a dime. You don't have to pay any money. This is all you got to do, okay? First thing you got to do, you got to go to the Guitar Wank website, guitarwank.com, and subscribe to the podcast. So we have your email, and we can sell it and make money on the back end. That's the first thing you got to do. Of course, we're not going to sell your email. I don't even know where they're at, to be honest. But they're in the system. We won't use them other than Guitar Wank stuff. All right, so go in, subscribe. Make sure you are subscribed to Guitar Wank and we have your email. That's number one, right? Number two, all you got to do is go to iTunes or any other platforms you listen on and leave a review. Give us all the stars you can give and leave us a review. That's number two. Pretty simple, right? Pretty simple. Third thing you got to do, I, I didn't even talk this over Bruce and Scott. I just made this shit up by myself. But I am the host, so you're going to have to follow the rules. Third thing you got to do, you got to get guitarwank@gmail.com and list one or more, you may have more, things you like or love about Guitar Wank. Kind of want to throw in, even if you hate things about Guitar Wank, you could do that too. But we're trying to keep this more upbeat because the world at the moment is very crazy. There's a lot of crazy shit going on in the real world. We are your salvation. We want to keep this upbeat. <laughs> we had this discussion recently and that's kind of our, that's our motto now for the moment. Until Scott brings us, brings us all back down. So those are the three things you got to do to enter into the giveaways that we're going to have. Um, yeah, so we have a, we're, we're starting to get a big bag of goodies that we're obviously going to give back to our listeners. Uh, we've got some Fender stuff that Richard uh, McDonald kindly donated. So we've got some goodies there from Fender, which is really cool. And we've got a big bag, monster bag of goodies from the Wireworld Pro Audio Cables. Those guys are always so supportive. And they, without even hardly asking anything, they always are ready to jump in and support. So make sure, make sure you check out their gear, uh, Wireworld Pro Audio Cables. They make killer stuff. And I guarantee you, you'll hear the difference in your tone. I'm not, I'm not pissing in your pocket just because they're giving us stuff. It's really good stuff. I use it. Um, Bruce uses it. And a bunch of other higher profile players use it too. Anyway, so check this stuff out. Wireworld Pro Audio Cables. They do really make great stuff. And if you're lucky enough to be one of the winners of their products that we're going to give away, well, you know, you'll see for yourself how good the stuff is. And then you'll be hooked. Um, and we're going to have a bunch of other giveaways. We're going to make it a big show. We're going to, it's going to be great. So to do those three things, that's all you got to do is go to the website, subscribe, make sure we have your email in the system. 
leave us leave us a review on iTunes or any of the places that you listen to the show. I think it's Stitcher or whatever it is. Um, preferably a favorable favorable one. <laughs> there are some that aren't, and they're just yeah, they're not really favorable at all. But anyway, just preferably a good one. That'd be nice. You know, it's Christmas. Come on. And uh, last one, send us an email at guitarwankgmail.com listing one or more things you love, like you may want to do one you hate on the, in the show. Don't say my intros. It doesn't count. And then we'll re- read them on the show. I think that'd be fun to get Scott and Bruce to read them on the show if they ever come back. <laughs> So, uh, so they, that's what you got to do. Three things. I remind you at the end of the show, do that, and you will be locked in. Okay, you will be locked in and go in the draw. And I guarantee you, your chances of winning something is really, really, really good. Because remember, we've only got like 25, 30 listeners tops, and that's not every week. So, good chances you're going to win some. All right. Uh, also, we're going to give away guitar wank merchandise. I'll, I'll get the guys to sign it. Um, maybe get Scott to wipe his nose with a T-shirt or whatever. Get Bruce to spit in your cup. Something really classy, and we'll send that out to you, and that'll be really cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're going to get picks and strings and CDs. It's going to be great. It's going to be huge. Huge. So uh, make sure you do those three things. If you don't do the three things, you only do two things, well, up your bum. You're not in it. You gotta do the three things. That's the rules. And I just made it up. So uh, <laughs> you gotta do it. All right. What else have we got going on? I went and saw uh, Albert Lee the other night in uh, Baked Potato, North Hollywood. Albert, what a what a what a monster. He's such a great boy. I don't know how old he is. I was, he's old. He's really old. But he's uh, still shredding, kicking ass. And um, I got to uh, talk with Albert for a little bit. I was asking him about his hands, if he ever has any problems with his hands. Because at the moment, I have, I'm sharing, but I have a problem with uh, my, my first finger on my right, my left hand. My first finger on my left hand. Every day, without fail, uh, I wake up and that finger, I cannot bend it all the way. It's like, it gets to a hook. You can see a hook with it. And I physically have to get my other finger and push it together. And it, and it feels like it pops, almost the muscle tightens up. And, and me and Bruce talked about it a lot too. I don't know if you guys have ever had this problem. But I don't know why. In the last last year, this has been happening. It's starting to kind of freak me out a little bit. Because, yeah, like every day I can't bend that finger fully until I work the muscle in the morning and then I can bend it and then it's fine. The whole day, it's fine, can't, it's great. But every day I wake up with that finger not being able to fully bend it. I don't know if you guys deal with that. Anyway, I asked Albert that question if he has problems. He kind of showed me a finger that he was like, yeah, I can't really bend this finger. I can't remember what finger it was, but he just was like, yeah, I can't really bend that finger anymore. So he probably has similar things. But um, yeah, I don't know, just sort of share that. Went and seen Brian Setzer and the Christmas show on the weekend of the orchestra. Wow. Man, Brian, Brian Setzer is a badass. He is such a badass. He just killed it, man. The band was amazing. Brian just killed it on guitar. Just makes it look effortless. But just sounds so good. Shredding. Just shreds. Great tone. Great everything. Great show. 
What a career, what a player, singer, great songs. It was a great night. Me and the missus had a fantastic night. It was really cool seeing those guys. Uh, what else we going on? This week, because we are getting low, Bruce has been away. Scott's, I don't know where Scott is. I have no idea. They're around. Michael Landau's got a new album coming out. Anyway, I'm excited about Mike's new album. I heard that one tune. Sounds raging honkies kind of stuff. I love that album. Tones, just monster player. Anyway, Mike, we'd love to have you on the show in the new year. That'd be fun. We're going to have Shane Terrio on. Uh, I found a snippet of his interview that we didn't air. And I was like, what a perfect way to uh, get to the end of the year and put that little snippet on. So it was just me, Bruce, and Shane. I should say Shane, Bruce, and I, to be correct. And... uh, Shane was such a cool bloke and is still a cool bloke, I believe. Shane, how you going, mate? Love to catch up. And uh, Shane's got his own podcast. He actually has really amazing guests on his show. Bigger guests than we have on our show. <laughs> he had like David Grissom. He has all the guests that I want on this show, but apparently he's more in the know because he's hooked up way better than what we are. So fuck you, Shane. But um, no, Shane's a great bloke, uh, and he was so great on the show, and it was it was so enjoyable listening to what he had to say. I would love to have Shane on again because, as you know, Scott just decided not to turn up because he got his nights mixed up, probably all the drugs and stuff that Scott does on a regular basis. He was so just off his brain that he couldn't work it out, and couldn't pull his shit together. So we should have Shane on again. We've Scott here. I think that'd be really cool. Shane, come on again, and we'll make sure Scott is here, and maybe Bruce won't turn up. That might be fun too. So anyway, so we got Shane, a little bit of Shane show, the the last part of it, which was great because he gets in some really cool stories. So that's where we are at, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm actually having Bruce and Scott here tomorrow night for a guitar wank session. Woohoo! Finally, we get one in before the end of the year and Christmas. And um, we can say our festive Merry Christmases, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, what are you going to do? If you're after a gig right now, have an amazing gig. I've talked your ear off enough. You could have fast-forwarded this. You know that, right? I've just wasted this much of your life. See? It's only going to get better now, right? I'm shutting up, and now we're going to get into Shane and Bruce. Happy Holidays. Have a drink or don't run an extra lap. Do that extra weightlifting thing you do. Um, Have that extra coffee in the morning. Whatever you do, just hang in there and let's keep going. Let's be a community like Mr. Foreman says. Oh, and one quick thing, you got to check out his video. It's really, really good, guys. Ladies, guys, you're going to love it. you got to get it. It's called Do You Want to Play? Do you want to play something? No, what is it? You want to play? I don't care. It doesn't matter what it's called. It's his new video. You're going to love it. Serious, he really he gets angry. It's really good. It kicks you in the ass and it makes you just really want to knuckle down. And I can't say enough about it. I ended up feeling inspired and laughing my ass off. I had tears running down my face. It was great. I love you, Bruce. All right. Shut up, McCubbin. You all right, let's get on with it. Have a great gig. If you're off to the gig, have a great day at work. 
whatever you're doing, just be safe, alright? And let's look after each other. The fucking world is crazy right now. It's fucking nuts. He sees you when you're asleep. Alright, alright, be safe. Love you all. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for all right. goodness sake. Alright, Mr. Bruce Foreman. Oh, Mr. you Shane. better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling what you What do we why. have in store for the listeners? Santa Claus is coming. Santa Claus is coming. Santa Claus is coming to town. You know, I took a guitar lesson a couple of weeks ago. I haven't taken a guitar lesson in 20 years, and it was this cat, Adam Adam Rogers, you know, Adam in New sure, York. I know Adam. And I just wanted, I kind of messed up my technique a year ago or something. I just, I don't know, man, I just, it could have been anybody, but I know he's a badass, so I just went over his place, and we sat, and we're playing rhythm changes, you know? Mm-hmm. And I did exactly what you your guy did. I kept stopping, and he would just be like, don't stop. Don't stop, man, what are you doing? No, we're not done with the tune. And I, nobody's ever told me shit like that before. Yeah. You know, he was really like, you know, and uh, and it really made a difference. And he goes, he goes, and we finally finished the tune. He goes, look, man, don't ever do that shit and play ahead out. Don't just stop playing. The tune's not over. It's just a tune. We're playing. He's like, you're like your own stage. We're not just sitting in my apartment. And I never had that happen and then then we were working on I, I had a couple questions about technique and what he did was really interesting man you know i know all the shit all the technique stuff that all you guys know too and but he goes play play me a, a three octave major scale okay boom boom boom, boom. no no, no. play it slow okay boom, boom boom no 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 i mean slow really slow and i go okay gong he goes yeah uh, nope, see that note's got a little fret noise. Do that again. Like that. It took me a minute to get through the scale. And he goes, that's how you got to practice this shit. And don't be watching TV. Like, put your intent into it. Every note. And it sounds so dumb, man. And I've been doing that. It's changed everything. Really? And he told me, he's you know, because he worked with Michael Brecker for years. And he goes, man, you know what? You want to know what Michael Brecker did before he played a gig? You know what he did? He tuned. Boom. Boom. Sure. And he's like, that's what we should be doing, man. You know? And I thought, how does that translate to guitar? Totally does. Sure it does. Because then you speed well, up. It, it, there's certain elements that do and some elements that don't. Well, that little exercise he told me definitely. Well, yeah. I mean, no, no. What it... Don't get me wrong. There's elements of just the air, moving the air inside your body in the long tones in your jaw that we don't have. But the accuracy and the sustain and hearing the note and the intent and, and like not and getting rid of superfluous noise and those things, which he's also doing on the saxophone, are the things that, that we work on when we, do, when we play that way. So you've practiced like that long? Sometimes I do. Yeah. Sometimes I don't, you know, I mean, my practicing is kind of all over the place. So it's like, the way I look at it, it's kind of like, and pardon the cowboy metaphor, but it's like I'm moving a herd of cows, and you've always got stragglers. 
You know what I mean? They, they kind of, and you got to go get them. Sometimes it's your chops, and it means back to long tones. Sometimes it's like, you know, you're, you're not accurate with something else. Sometimes, you know, your, your fast playing is falling behind. Sometimes it's your, your voice leading schemes are getting, you know, sloppy. You know, sometimes it's like you're not hearing your way through a phrase to the end. So whatever the thing I perceive that's sort of not moving with the herd is is what gets most of the focus mm. in my practice and i which means a lot of particularly the gig tells me because i kind of listen think about the i mean after every gig well after every tune but after every gig i'm always i've got like this scorecard of things i tried to do that i didn't quite get to things that i wanted to do things that you know what i mean things that aren't working as well as i'd like and they can be everything from sonic you know to not getting the best sound out of my amp in that particular kind of room to, oh man, I heard this idea and I kind of went for it and I, I can still hear what that idea is, but I didn't get it. You know what I mean? So obviously that's the first thing I'm going to grab the next yeah, Your day. weaknesses, yeah. You know, because I mean, and so it means being super, <clears throat> you know, detail oriented, like, okay, this and this and this and this and this need work tomorrow. Okay. Right. Today's mistakes are tomorrow's practice. You and, you know, and, and then you, as you play during the day when you're practicing, your weaknesses, if you're paying attention, pop up. And you go, oh, right. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to spend some time. And then there's review. A lot of practice, you know, you'll learn something really cool today. And you kind of got it. Maybe even you, you got it. But... What about tomorrow? You know, you haven't really played it on a gig. You haven't written a tune out of it. You haven't really worked it into a bunch of things. Right. You haven't done the thousand times through it that you need to. So you got to remember to, like, the next day, review that thing you did yesterday to make sure that it didn't just... Play it over and over. Scientology, yeah. Scientology, Scientology. <laughs> right, right. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like so many people will learn something and think they got it, and then it'll have almost been a wasted... Not wasted, because it's still back there in whatever whatever progress... Because like when you work on one thing, you're not just... like You work on playing slow. It really does actually more for your fast playing. Right, That's slow. that was the point and of then, doing and it. And then yeah. when you work on playing fast... It actually does more for your slow playing than your fast playing. Because when you're working it with that celerity, you, you start to get able to put, you know, to move and to hear at that speed. So then when you get to a slower speed, all these ornaments and, and subtle placements of things that you would never have heard before because you can't do it, so you wouldn't hear it. Mm -hmm. Now that you've got that sort of facility and motion and ease of movement then you get to the slower tempos all of a sudden there's all this space to kind of add the sparkle in there and that only was taught to you by playing fast mm -hmm. so when you're working on one thing you, of course you're fixing other things but at the same time like you got this really cool way of playing you know the chord progression that you never played before okay you got it then the next day you got to kind of make sure you still got it or it just sort of fades away sure. into this thing maybe like a two years later you'll remember it and you'll of course fuck it up but you'll get close to it you know so there's there's that part of practice there's a whole review and but most importantly you got to be working on your plan i mean 
I'm assuming that we practice so that we can play better, right? That's the point. Mm -hmm. Not so that we can practice better. So it has to relate to what the fuck we're doing. And so many people I know practice stuff that has very little relativity to what they might do when they actually play music. And they wonder why it's not working. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, well, we, well, you're practicing something. It'd be like lifting weights only to be a marathon runner. You know, that's not the right training for, yeah. you know, and you have to understand, you're training for something specific. You need to ensure that your work is supporting the goals you want to achieve with it. Do you, do you, that's, those are my philosophies. They're good philosophies. Yeah, if they only, you know, if I could only, like I say, take my advice. <laughs> well, I'm not using it. <laughs> <laughs> if you, I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Do you change you when you practice? Is it always song based? Like you're always thinking of a song in mind, or a performance, or leading somebody? Like kind of well, like saying? it's like what Bruce said. My practice is all over the map. If it's just my own personal, like keep my chops up kind of practice, then lately I've been working on just tunes, just standards. Yeah, I'll just take a standard and work on it. And more about melody, I've been trying to get more into just uh, learning melodies. Amen. Amen. I mean, that's really what I've been doing. Like, I was working on bluesette, which is like the easiest thing ever, and I could play that shit better 20 years ago. And it's I could not now. the easiest thing ever. But, but, but it's, and I can't figure out why it's just a blues. But anyway, the melody is so beautiful, you know, and I'll, I'll put a loop pedal on, and I'll just play like, bass notes no like i go over to stern and we'll play and he never wants chords like just play bass note man bass note bass note so i got into that and leaving that middle open and i just play try to play melody in here there's a frizzell thing where he did this instructional video where he demonstrates like i forget the tune and he just shows you know all it needs is this and a top note and it sounds full enough and he demonstrates and i go bam Amen. That's like, so I try to work on that. Just moves like that. I work on my technique because I messed up my picking. I mean, I have okay chops. They're okay. Yeah. But my world is mainly recording and playing, you know, live stuff. And, and it's all over the map. So to keep my, my own personal thing up, I'll, I'll work on stuff like that lately. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by the choir and folks Dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright 
tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight they know that Santa's on his way he's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh and every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly and so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two although it's been said many times many ways Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Merry Christmas to sax player like every sax player i played with they just know so many melodies and like if we approach guitar like a sax player and knew a shitload of melodies and chords you'd be kind of right well yeah but i mean we have a function that's different than a saxophone yeah. player so in or i mean the real thing that, that that happens and i mean it's it's the luxury if you're a student or young or have a rich wife or something but i mean <laughs> Mostly my practice is that is determined by my gigging scene. Yeah. I got a record date coming up with like, or a, a sh I'm doing this thing coming up with Gary Meek, this great tenor player, and he's got some really hard original music, and I'm on the record, and, you know, and, and I know this gig coming up in a few weeks, and I'm going to have to play a lot of these tunes that are you know, really hard. So, I mean, a lot of my practicing is just getting this music to know these songs. To know, you know, to right. know my parts and to know my songs. So, like, when I get to the gig, I'm not thinking about just making the tunes. I'm thinking about making the music with the tunes. So, but if, if I didn't have a project coming up where I really had to practice the, and I have the luxury... Then I, you know, I can kind of get off into other things that I like to do, but we do play songs, and until that changes, which in jazz, it's, it's, I can see the day where it's actually going away from that because it's kind of almost off center now. But we do play songs, therefore, we need to know them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, really, honestly. Do you think that you should be allowed to take a solo on a song if you don't know it? 
Does anybody really think that's a good idea? That's true too. Or, or you know, I also think if you're sitting in the in the room with your family and nobody knows shit about any other kind of music, you know, guitar quote guitar music, and they're like, "Oh, you're a guitar player. Play play something. You know, entertain somebody. Yeah. What are you gonna do? You're gonna play your, you know, <laughs> you, from, yeah, uh, like a Mike Stern play, solo. Play, play some <laughs> like puke over. Play changes. something. You know, like entertain. Like you know, that's really what it's about. Really, like the big pictures. So you know, it's melody, man, and rhythm. Right? I mean, like rhythm shit can carry a lot too. Like Cornell Dupree or somebody could do that. But play even that, you know, in rhythm. the context of solo. You know, you'd want to have some melody along with that rhythm. But, you know, but that being, you know, I mean, of course, that's, it's all the ingredients are important. And, and just being able to play it, I mean, you need to know the song. If you're going to play a song, you should know right. it. Like, I mean, like, and, and, and somehow the book has, has come along and made it so you don't need to know the song. And yet you're allowed to play over it. I'm sorry. I'm calling bullshit on that. Mm-hmm. You should not be allowed to improvise on something you don't know. It's kind of just wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one thing if we're all playing free and we're just listening to each other and making shit up. I'm 100% in favor of that. I think that's beautiful. That's Actually, if you don't know any songs, that's what you should be doing. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I'm not saying know the song. Just know the melody and the chords. Is that asking so fucking much? If it is, then maybe, you know, computers, you know, electrical engineering, you know, plumbing is, is in your is a better way to go. You know, telemarketing. I don't know. But you know, I mean, I mean, somehow that seems to be asking too much of people. I haven't even said you have to transpose, which you should be able to, you know. But it's like but I don't know a million standards, but but I'm you probably, know a I'm million probably, songs. I probably yeah, song. I mean, you're talking about stand like tunes or like pop so, songs. Hey kind man, of I don't give a fuck if it's Hey Good Looking or All the Things You Are or you know California Dreaming. They're mm-hmm. all songs. You know, I mean, the point is is there's the totality of it. Understanding music, understanding that there's this song and it's got this form and it's got this harmony and it's got this melody mm-hmm. and you can play it and you know it. Man, I don't, I don't you know, standards are just one kind of song. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I think, you know, I think it being two, two, five-ish, you know, in, in the American song, it can be limiting, you know, because obviously the rock world changed a lot of that harmonic motion in a big ways you know guys like Leonard Cohen and Bob Dylan and Woody Guthrie and you know I mean it's a whole other way of moving harmony around which is just as beautiful and just as valid and you need to understand it did you ever hear that tune called Little Red Book yeah that's got some serious harmony going on. It sounds like Metallica circa 1966. <laughs> and it's a Burt Backrack tune. Really? And the, who's the band? Uh, what was the band? Love. The band was called Love. And it's like... And then it goes like up a, a sharp four. So it's yeah. weird changes, man. And Burt Bacharach was pissed because he, he said they screwed up the chord changes like it wasn't quite right. Yeah. And Brian Wilson did a version of it. Really? Like laying in bed with the piano, playing, <laughs> and it's really hip. 
Yeah, you should check that out, man. That, that's you know, I mean, it's it's a great I mean, you tune. You should check out classical music too. I mean, those are tunes in a way, a different form, but there's a melody and there's harmony and you know sure. there's structure and there's motif development and there's voice. What's your, what do you think about guys that play free? Like, um, I'm talking way out, like uh, you know these avant-garde guys that. Or this, who's the girl, the, the, uh, the uh, what's her name, Mary Hal Halverson or something? You ever check oh, her I, out? You know, I haven't heard her yet. You know, I haven't been meaning to check her out. It's I mean, a lot of that stuff is through Compose, but it's it's definitely well, through atonal. Compose is different than Free. You but know, that I, that's maybe not a good example. Yeah, but, but they, you know, they no, I mean, definitely go to, out. To Ornette, I listen to Sun Ra, I've, you know, I've listened yeah. to the Chicago Art Ensemble. Again, to me, I love it. I actually love it when it's really you know so you when like guys Captain are, Beefheart when guys are yeah when guys are listening to each other it's great and there is a lot of randomness it is and then there's a little a lot of mistakes and clashes in it you know because that's that's also the nature of free music it's not just like everybody hearing what everybody does and you know what I mean acting right. like they're all playing all the things you are there is this like okay it's going this way well I'm going to introduce this countervailing influence or this Tourette's moment you know <laughs> Tourette's what I mean? moment that's going to shift the current you know what I mean and that's beautiful I mean so what and, do you and think? it's also very risky so you know you have to be you know like like that Miles music of you know Bitches Brew and Post Bitches Brew they were like a lot of that really sucked <laughs> but, the, but because they were, they took the risk to go out there to try and make something great happen, and, and you know, and a lot of times yeah. it doesn't. You know, man, I've been like the older I get, I've been thinking like a good strategy. I think maybe you got maybe I heard this on I listened to a couple of these where you just don't give a shit, you just go for shit, you know, and you you do it like total commitment, man, and like you don't give a fuck, you know, you just go for it. And with with a lot of intention, right. and that in itself is a pretty powerful thing, you know. And like, uh, there's uh, you, the guitar player George Lynch we were talking about. There's this video, man. He's playing with Dallas Guitar Festival like a couple months ago. It's like 100 degrees outside. He decides he's gonna take his shirt off. The dude's like 60 something years old. Like he's playing without a shirt. Like you know, it, it looks kind of crazy. But he owns the sh He owns it, man. He is playing his ass off, and he's like, "This is what I do," you know. And it's like that's a powerful thing, man. Yeah, he I just know. Doesn't but give a fuck. He's like, you know, bam. I know. But the beautiful thing is, is that I don't give a fuck only works when you really give a fuck. Wow, that's a total dig, dig, because only oh, you. No, no. But think about it. <laughs> so what does you, the what tree you fall just, or what you just said? <laughs> Was like he didn't give a fuck, but he did something really unique and went out on the line. But the only way it worked was because he gave a fuck so much that he made it happen. There's there's a, like this countervailing balance to it. Yeah, I could see that because if you don't give a fuck, whatever, it's like creepy. Yeah, but if it's like I'm gonna fucking do this, I don't give a fuck what they think. I'm going to fucking do this but to see there's so much commitment to it 
But then, they, I don't give a but fuck. But then you have somebody like Willie Nelson who he's not that he's trying to not give a fuck. It's like you take, you know, I saw this thing with Neil Young and, and Pearl Jam at Farm Aid. And Neil Young is playing with Pearl Jam. And there's like three less Pauls on stage. And they're all banging E minor to E major random times, like through loud as yeah. shit, just complete, you know, cacophony. And then all of a sudden, Neil Young goes, I want to bring out my friend Willie Nelson. <laughs> so Willie comes out with a guitar soloing with that shitty guitar <laughs> over everybody. <laughs> you know, he's not trying to not give a fuck. It's just. That, that's all he knows. That's all he knows. You know, that's, that, a, that, that's not what you're talking about. No, but yeah. that's a kind of cool thing, too. But you can't I, really. I think I have the perfect. It's like when you see, you'll see a fat chick and then like she's insecure. But then you and you, she's just like, yeah, she's fat, blah, blah, blah. I would but, prefer if you said gravitationally challenged. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> I was thinking about that, but I'm like. <laughs> I mean, that's, she's fat. All right, she's fat. It's that's fucking, not nice. I, well, it, it doesn't matter. Guitar wank. It, like anyone listening is offended. We can edit she's it out. Fat. Later. I get fat. We yeah. all get fat. But anyway, so you got a fat chick that's not feeling sexy. So you don't look at her as sexy. But then you'll see another chick that's maybe larger, but she owns it and she loves it. And you're like, oh my god, that chick is so sexy. Right, she because she owns she it fucking lives it that's what i'm talking about man. that's what i'm talking about too right and yet, right, we, and yet, yet, yet we'd say that the person doesn't give a fuck and yet deep down underneath the only way it works is because they do give a fuck yeah you know i mean I they don't care what other people think that's what we kind of mean by don't give a fuck but they do give a fuck because they they're so committed to their own identity that's what they're giving a fuck about but not, maybe they're not conscious of, of, you know, being concerned with their identity. Maybe they're just, I don't know, maybe they Because, just you know, then, then it would it manifest itself as tentativeness. But it isn't, isn't it all that when someone just is and lets it all go, that's like the ultimate, right? Yeah. That's, that's when you just... But uh, there's so much commitment to that. Yeah. There's yeah. so much commitment to that. See all the shit Scott missed? What a loser. Well, he's right. He's, he's probably writing his second least favorite tune right now. <laughs> you know he's going to say, it's going to be some lame-ass excuse. Dude, I was writing, I just completely thought it was Tuesday, and I didn't no, know it was Wednesday. He's and... mad at me for something I did. I went to breakfast at Cindy's with somebody else. He's pissed off. <laughs> I'd like to shout out to Scott Henderson and let him know that uh, we love him. We love. Scott. We hope he recovers Scott soon. Free. I do like that, with Scott Free. That's that's, that's kind of hilarious. So when people go to buy your stuff, they go to YouTube and iTunes. No, they go to iTunes. Do you have a website too? Uh, man, there's some stuff. I don't really have a lot of great stuff on YouTube. I guess. Oh, I do you have a website? I have a website, shaneterrio.com. So well, that's very uh, original. Yes. But uh, yeah, I have a few things on YouTube. Not a lot. I should. What, I should actually do that stuff. But um, what, what do you want to be doing? Like, what's future-wise? What What is Shane? I just going like to, to do a little more of my own projects. Yeah. Like, would that be three piece or would it be more or what's going I, on? I, I think trio accented occasionally by maybe a horn or yeah. keyboard or something like that. Yeah. I kind of like that sound. And, and, and if you were to describe 
your trio's music? It's it's definitely got some funk, uh, New Orleans kind of stuff to it, you know. Very, uh, but but a little harder hitting, maybe a little heavier guitar tones. Although the last record I did a cleaner guitar tone, and uh, oh shit, and um, I don't know, man. Some of the songs have chord changes. Although I don't intentionally try to do that. I'm, I can't. I don't know what it would sound like. Okay, man. I mean, you know, you the the old elevator pitch for. Uh, for a, you have five words or something. No, like. no, just just asking. It's it's. I mean, I I don't know about you, but sometimes I find it to be a really cool creative exercise to just sort of mention the defining qualities of what your either what your music is or what you're trying to achieve through your writing or your playing or your band, your project building. Mm-hmm. You know, I find that to be. I mean, I do it a lot with my students because they've got recitals and stuff mm-hmm. and big projects coming up. And and I'm just like so sick I could puke of, well, yeah, I can play a finger-picking tune and I can play a classical tune and I know how to play a Brazilian tune and I can play a jazz tune. You know, and like I have to sit through a recital of like a kind of a, a studio guitar wannabe audition reel. You know what <laughs> I mean? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like rather than hear a person's artistic vision right um because we already test them on their ability to play all that shit i don't need i know going in that they can do all that you know so it's just like this is the hour of my fucking life here you know please (laughs) give me something so i mean and i find that and of course i i think i probably got this from asking them of that i kind of turned the mirror around and said oh what are the defining qualities of this project, of that project? You know what I mean? It really helps me kind of refine a, a lot of the extraneous yeah. stuff yeah. that's in it. You know, that's why I asked, you know. I mean, because we all, by definition, should be, uh, in, in my opinion, we should be unable to really put a genre on it. If it's really us, if it's really creatively individual, a genre shouldn't be able to describe it. You know what I mean? That would be a bad thing if I could say, oh yeah, it's a funk band. That's kind of, you know, been done now for 50 sure, years, yeah, yeah. you know, and Sly Stone I hope it's a good Brown. one, but you know, I, you know. And it's got elements of funk, a lot of New Orleans influences, yeah. you know, like um, th- rhythmically. Uh-huh. But we, did you spend a lot of time growing up in, in with being in New Orleans that, Checking out like the local musicians and hanging out and that whole scene down. I mean, some things, but I was probably like you, man, growing yeah. up listening to probably some of the same things. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I listened to that stuff by osmosis. You know, my dad would take me to uh, Zydeco and Cajun music festivals, and I, I grew up listening to. Did I'd you hear, hear a lot of traditional jazz too? I did hear that, and uh, I mean, I, I had said this one time. My my dad, I remember taking me to the mall on a Saturday night, and I walked out with. Ingve Malmsteen's Rising Force and Incredible Jazz Guitar of West Montgomery, same night. <laughs> and I was 14. Wow, and I loved them equally. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff wasn't necessarily, it could have been anywhere. It yeah. could have been in yeah. Idaho or something. But, it, you know, music was going on. Oh, in New Orleans, it's like in the air. It's in the f- and my dad food. had these friends. And you know, one guy got laid off of work or something, and they had a band. And they were doing all right. They were weekend warrior cats. But they liked me, and they knew, uh, you know, one guy would loan me his 335. And I'd play. And I remember going to a gig, and 
my dad took me to hear him and and he was talking about dad he's like i'm not going back you know i'm gonna just do this i can make money doing this i'm just gonna do this full time and i was like wow you can you can actually do this yeah. And that's when all the shit started. Right. right. No, no. I, 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 remember, I remember my first realization that actually that was an option. Yeah. I remember that. I, and mine was I just met this guy who was a classical violinist. He played with the symphony. And, you know, I mean, I don't know how old I was. I was probably 14 or something. And I met this guy and I was playing with him because he liked to play jazz too. And, you know, I was playing and... What do you do? I'm a musician. Cool. Wow, right. You know? And then, you know, by the time I was in junior in high school, I was, like, making money playing gigs already. You know? Yeah. So it was like... My experience is exactly the same. It was with Dad, because Dad played in rock and roll bands and stuff. Mm. And Dad was like, yeah, you know what? If you If you learn these chords and some of these songs and come along to the gig, I'll split half the wage with wow. you. Wow. And it was like, what, really? So I learned that, and then it was like, well, you know what, you've got so now we're going to pay you a full wage, and and that was it. And then it was chicks later on, but it was, <laughs> but it was money first, you know. Well, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. No, it could be the chicks, could be the music, could be the gear, could be the money, could be the stardom, could be the sound, whatever, whatever it is. Once you're bitten, the music takes over. Yeah. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter what your entry drug is. If it's pot, if it's alcohol, if it's heroin, if it's acid, it doesn't matter. You become an addict. I'm just trying to recreate the high I used to get when I would get home from seventh grade and I couldn't wait to pull my guitar out of the case and sit on the edge of the bed and play this one lick I had, I had yeah. learned. I'm trying to like Dude, you play at Staples Center really? tomorrow night and make that shit feel like what that felt like when I was 13 or 12. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's a different thing and it, it feels great to play in front of all these people it's great it's a high you know all the you do a good session you play you know good jams whatever but that i remember that man that's what you're talking about where you're hooked and it was a magical thing and it's the innocence of it you know yeah, not there knowing. is that you're right there is that but i mean i'll tell you honest to god i love playing music now more than i ever have in my life yeah i think i'm starting to appreciate it more and more. I went through a pretty dark frigging spell I'm for a while. Sorry to hear that. But it's all my own doing. It's not, you know. Well, you can't blame the music for it, no. obviously. You can blame the business sometimes. But, uh, and, and I've always been lucky to work, you know, but you get some things you did get and some things you don't get and you go for some shit. Some things don't work out. Yeah. But, you know. Is anybody listen this this far? Is it really four well, we, hours? We cut no, these it's, up. It's oh, good. Three, yes. Okay. We cut these up and oh, it's three. Okay. Uh, and this okay. might not make it for uh, till your dad. So, do you want to say anything? <laughs> do you want to say shit. anything to the people like post dead? Like, you want to tell somebody off? You know that you <laughs> yeah, like afra- you're afraid time, to tell dude. them off now because no. it might cost you something. No, but you man. know you'll be dead by then. So <laughs> no. no, 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 fuck yous. That you so if know. anyone wants to find you, just. Go to the website, download the music. Four albums. Yeah, four albums. Wow, man. Highway 90, The Grease Factor, Dirty Power, and the new one is Still Motion. 
Now, how are they all... Have, have they changed a lot? Like, if you look back over those albums, are you surprised how much the, you've changed? Or Well, Highway 90 was... I, it was... Yeah, it's changed. It's evolved. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, they're all original tunes, they're, except for a couple of covers. But the Grease Factor is probably the most, quote, guitar-heavy, sort of fusion-y record. Right. And then Dirty Power had horns on it. Oh, wow. But Keltner was on that, too. So it's I've kept some of the rhythm sections the same. Yeah. And then this new one is completely different. Intentionally, Which? it's like stripped down, bare, man. You know, I'll give you. I got a. Yeah. I'll give you guys can a I get a copy? Yeah, I, got, yeah, I brought you. No, no, I brought we'll, you. A we'll, can we play some tracks on? Absolutely. On the podcast, yeah. Yeah, if you awesome, want. Man. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And when Grease Factor came out, you don't have to put this on anything, yeah. but I had sent Highway ninety to Scott, and I remember Scott emailed me and said, you know, something about the miking. He goes, man, it sounds great. Playing's great. You know, maybe the miking technique, and so I don't know. It was something. <laughs> I didn't take it critically you know, I, you know but when i did my grease factor record i was working with a really good engineer and he worked on the first one too but he's a good friend of mine named neil capolini he works with allison Krauss and jerry douglas all these wow. people and um we did it together and uh and scott called me i remember the day he called me and he goes man i've been riding around in my car listening to this record it's fucking great you know i love it i said wow that was like wow that's, that's awesome. and uh that was grease factor yeah. So I think sonically they're they're okay. Yeah. I mean, I uh, it's hard to do a, a, a guitar record, man, for me because I live in different worlds, you know. But I'm pretty happy with the new record. I th I'm pretty happy with the writing and yeah. It's um, that's a big thing to say. I can't sit like Scott and write for two. Maybe if I had that kind of discipline, I'd do it. But I I don't have the luxury of being able to do that, man. I just gotta put it out yeah yeah and somebody like sco puts out two records a year or something it's like it's they're all great man but he has he just lets it go he like cuts two takes of each tune and they just decide on which take right and that's it you live yeah. with it yeah. You know? yeah but that you know again as scott has said that's different conceptual it's the way i make records you know but it's a different conceptual thing. One is is more like thinking of it in terms of, of a snapshot of a photo. Mm -hmm. And one is thinking of it like painting a painting. <clears throat> Scott paints a painting. I mean, Scott spends more time on one solo on his record than Sko or I would on the whole bait. You know, and, and there's neither is right or wrong. I'm not putting any value. That's a really good analogy. I've it's never heard that. It's just it's just way you look at this thing. And I, and I if I had Scott's chops in the studio, you know, and there wasn't this huge learning curve and and this buying all the shit that become obsolete the next day, you know, I think I'd love to try. Cuz I I mean, I have scores of symphonic music and all sorts of shit that I've written that it will mm. probably never be played because I don't have access to an orchestra or a studio or, you know, time to, you know what I mean? It doesn't make me stop writing it, but this is not my reality. Really playing for me is like reacting in the moment, being conversational, you know, playing for me isn't about this sort of like setting everything up and managing all the pieces. Right. I think that's why I'm a jazz musician. Because I like the other side, the magic of the 
Icicles form. What do I care if icicles form? I've got my love to keep me warm. Off with my overcoat, off with my gloves. Who needs an overcoat? I'm burning with love. My heart's on fire. And the flame grows higher, so I will weather the storm. What do I care? How much it may storm? I've got my love to keep me warm. Just like a glove, I have got my love to keep me warm. Yeah, that's 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 Daryl. Just get back to his show real quick. He loves that spontaneity, and he wants to keep it raw. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Troy last night, Daryl likes the honeymooners. That's like his idol. Jackie Gleason's yeah. his idol, and Jackie Gleason—they never rehearsed any of that shit. Or if they did, he didn't really show up for most of it. And it was done live. Right. And that's how Daryl wants it to be. He's like, well, I, you know, I'll have the lyrics and we'll go over it a couple times, you know, me and you. And the band comes in, we check the sound, artist comes in, boom, it's on. Yeah. And if there's a train wreck, we do it again. But it's usually a second take. What you see is really raw. And he's like, I don't care about the mistakes, man. It's the energy and like the capture. That's what people, he's like, that's what people get. Like, Right. And it's the big picture of it, you know. Right. Well, most people aren't scoping out. Oh, I hear that G-string ringing. Well, on that yeah, one. we are. We are. We are. But when you're reaching a wider 
Yeah. Right, right. And, and those are brilliant people. You know, I work with Clint Eastwood, and he's frustratingly but amazingly the same way. You know, I'll, uh, he, I know the actors all basically kind of complain of the same thing that I do, which is like, I'll walk into the studio, and I'll bring a, I don't know what's happening, so I'll bring, you know, a couple acoustic guitars and an electric guitar, you know. I mean, I obviously don't have a strat and a pedal board, so it's either an arch top and a nylon and a steel string. And it'll go, oh, it's, it's a story about a this, and I want this kind of vibe. And he'll walk over to the piano and he'll peck out the theme. And then I will sit and, like, compose a suite of variations on that theme with the vibe of the movie in mind for like an hour and we're done and i like go clint you know man if there's something in here you really like like let me know I'll i could develop I'll it back, more i'll yeah. come back and i'll start there and i'll give you a whole palette of that of things off of that you know it's like give me a second shot here you know he goes okay yeah sure yeah sure <laughs> never has happened in the four movies i've done it's all just like he takes it and and i think the same thing with the actors they never do more than one or two takes of anything you know most movies there's like 30 and 40 takes of everything and you know and and i'm sure a lot of critics will say there's a problem with that and a lot of critics will say that's the brilliance the of brilliant it. yeah i would and um i would agree you know, and that's and obviously why he likes me is I can take a theme. I mean, he doesn't even play the chords. It's just the melody. And, and I'll ask him, I say, are you hearing this? You know, I'll walk over the piano and go, are you hearing this like this? Is this is the home key? Are you hearing it? You know, like, could be C major, but it could be A minor. It right. could be E minor. Right. You know, and I'm, you're hearing it? He goes, well, you want to do it on piano? I said, no, no. <laughs> like... Are you hearing it? Is it the, yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, he's like leaving it all up to me. And, he, and, I, and I don't think it's he doesn't know. You think he doesn't? I don't, no, I don't think. You don't think. I think he doesn't want to influence it. Oh. I think he says, you know. He's calling you because he knows you have your chops and your skill. I'm just going to make shit up thing. and yeah. I'm going to take it and turn it into something. And, uh, I think, man, the more... The, the iconic actors and musicians and stuff they I hear these stories all the time when I do my little podcast like the guy John Harrington from Stilly Dan same way I was asking what's it what was it like to court Stilly Dan ah, they don't really tell me anything you know uh, a lot of other notable people I can't remember right now what was it like they give you anything? nah man he just lets me do my thing Harrington told me he said the only time they've ever said anything Donald Fagan came over one time at the, and it was the beginning of one of the songs where he was trying to play one of the intros and he goes yeah i wanted to tell you john that uh on the intro of uh peg um yeah ah forget it <laughs> <laughs> he walked away and that's like that's the only thing he's ever said to him yeah <laughs> like in 20 years you know yeah. so everything else has been left up they hire john because you know you do your thing and and wayne krantz because you do your thing and he did his thing yeah. I don't think he even learned the solos. Like he just plays. It sounds like Wayne Krantz, right. you know. And but anyway, I was. My point is that I think 
that's the genius of somebody like Clint Eastwood, where he goes, man, I like this cat Bruce, and he knows this thing, and yeah, you, that's your department. I hired you, you, you do it, and you give me the, give me your yeah. product, and, and instead of trying to control everything. Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, basically, major, minor, you know, that's kind of well, that's a big deal, it's night or day. Yeah, but you know, I mean, you know. Yeah, but what the fuck does Clint Eastwood know anyway? Yeah. Really? <laughs> well. Um, he'd be great. He'd he'd be someone I'd love on the show. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. I'm, you know, if I can again, uh, if I see him, I'll ask him. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I think what who else? Harry. Well, you brought up Harry Shearer. That'd be. Yeah. I knew yeah. Harry. He you lives in Harry? New Orleans. Oh, he's half the year. He's in New Orleans. I've done a couple records with Harry. <sighs> yeah, I know Harry. He'd be, he'd be fun guy to get on the show. He's great. a great guy, man. He's a really cool guy. And uh, his wife, Judith. Yeah, I've, I've met Judith before. Yeah, I've played on a couple of Harry's records. He's, yeah. a, he's a cool guy. I saw him uh, earlier this year. He's, he's, he's a, you know, he was in Abbott Cost, an Abbott and Costello movie when he was a little kid. No way. Abbott and Costello really? go to Mars. Wow. He was a little kid. And he was also in Leave it to Beaver before, like, the, one of the early pilots. He was, he was in Leave it to Beaver. Wow. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. It'd be so cool to have Spinal Tap here. Like. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, that would be. That would be pretty amazing. I don't think they're... Are they still doing their thing? or? I don't even know. They can do whatever they want now, I guess. I we like can the, all do whatever we the, want. The break like the wind tour. Yeah. <laughs> like, these guys are just fucking brilliant. I, f I felt like they took the Monty Python thing and just took it to the next level musically with that idea. That's kind of cool. The first time I ever saw that, I was in my early, I was like 22, 21, and I was in England. And I was on a tour bus, and half the band I was playing with this artist, and half the band by Union Rules had to be English, and they were the greatest guys, and they were all way older than me, and man, they had never seen it, and they just laughed their ass off. <laughs> they just thought it was unbelievable, and like, it's fucking brilliant. it is brilliant, and oh and it's got God. so many layers to it. Oh, totally. The more you watch it, you see little subtle things, and. It's Dad, I don't know if you've seen Spinal Tap. You ever seen the movie? Oh, this is God, you gotta, oh, you, you, gotta, you, have you gotta to give him that Dad, gift, Troy. To. I gotta give him the gift. You have to. You yeah, have to see is, this. It is sheer brilliance. You just sit right here on this couch and watch it yeah, on that screen. Right. Watch it. Yeah. Through those monitors. Oh, my it's God. It's so good. This, it's really it's well done. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Fucking brilliant. And on that note, Shane, thank you so much, mate. <laughs> Spinal fucking, Tap. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, rock, thanks, and roll. Rock, yeah. rock and roll <laughs> hello cleveland what's wrong with being it sexy it goes to 11 it's fucking brilliant Jane, you don't you, really man. dust for vomit <laughs> yeah or what's the other one uh um, <laughs> you know, this review is just two words pretty harsh shit sandwich oh i mean it, you know it's not a yeah yeah that's uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't pay any attention to that <laughs> <laughs> Wishing you yeah, all man. A... Thanks for uh, for having me here. Really, it was fun. Yeah, really. And you know what? I I, I don't even know what to say about Scott. I don't know what to say about Scott. I hope he's okay. You time, know. Yeah. If he's not, well, we'll find out in the tomorrow morning's paper. I hope he's okay. I hope it's nothing personal. Well, I you know, I don't know. We'll find it. We'll find out. He does out. get weird in writing mode. I'll let you know if he does happen. Yeah. Let me know, like if you know. 
if I piss them off, and then you yeah. can edit that part out. No, no, no. we'll put it on. Yeah, put it on. <laughs> no, we need some. We put it on, like we were talking about, man. Just, who gives a fuck? Just, yeah. No, I say hi to five Scott. People listening, saying it doesn't matter. Yeah. I was bummed because I kind of wanted to see him. Every time I come to town, he's like in Europe. Wow. You know. Well, you know, I don't know what to say. Shane, you guys got to work it out between yourselves. I, I tried. Well, that'll to help. be the next podcast. I tried the to intervention. help. Intervention. Shane and Scott make up. We'll have an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> or the gr- or the grudge match. Oh man. Ah <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'm 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 super excited that I get to go see Shane tomorrow at the Staples Center. I'm super and you'll be able to see what those that you know that. Holding out the long tone note, and working on my rain and technique. All that, that goes out of the window, that? my friend. You gonna do that? Yeah, it's all going out of the window for that. Fucking but, cool. But it's some cool. You'll like it. It's a good, oh, it's good time. Oh, it's man. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I doubt it if you would have ever, ever said that to me with Wilson Phillips. Like, it's fucking Wilson Phillips, man. I'm gonna hold on for one more day. <laughs> I like Wilson Phillips. I, I remember a few of their songs. Yeah. But it's not as cool as Hall and Oates. I think that's just pretty cool. But we really appreciate it. We've got to get you to sign the um, Guitar Wank signature Telecaster. All right. It's not that I'd be one. happy We're to. get it. So you've got to sign that. We're going to give you a mug. Wow, I get a mug, really? You get, you get a, a mug, get a, too. Get a mug. Do you give your people mugs? No, I mug. should do that. Yeah, you need to give them But I can't mug. do hey, a mug. I have to do something different. Don't be copying our shit, I have, That's what I'm saying. I have to do something different. Yeah. Maybe yeah. wristband. <laughs> <laughs> toilet paper holder? Yeah, toilet paper holder. A comb. A comb. If you want to go listen to another podcast, a competitor podcaster. It's not a competitor. We don't have any of the same people. I know. It's so stupid to think. But um, yeah, the riffraff, right? Yeah. That's great, man. I'm going to check that out. Me That's too. Awesome. And Bruce... It's always a pleasure. Sir. No, it's Bruce, not. It is. It, it was a pleasure best. for me. I do my best for your, you know, geezer jazz dude, <laughs> bebop, hey, the music, you know the what? music of many futures to come. We need, we need you to to fill us with wise words and tell us about the old days and remind and, us why and, we're yeah and stink up the room with my farts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. man! Awesome, wow. awesome! Thank you guys, well, Dad. Thank you for coming from Australia. Yeah, David. Thank you for Dad, being yeah. here in place yeah. of Scott. You're far, you're far less uh, vociferous. <laughs> hey, my first, my first guitar lessons with Dad. Cool. Didn't didn't last. It lasted a little bit. Yeah. That A7 was a bit. He's giving you a look, man. <laughs> I think you ought to change the subject. I got a lot of practice your guitar. Go learn the guitar. And then when he threw money in the mix, I was like, I'm going to fucking practice this shit. And so, then the chicks came along. Then and the then all of a sudden, along, and then it all next, next thing you know, you're on Hollywood Boulevard in an M&M costume, right? It's all downhill, Oh, my man. God.
Dream. 